Welcome, welcome to another episode of You Press Play Sports. This is the 13th iteration of this wonderful, fantastic voyage that we have been on. I'm your host, Joseph Acosta, here with sports editor Richard Pereira and photo editor Eston Parker. Richard, how are you doing today? Doing good. Eston, how about you? Doing pretty well. All right, well, let's get right into it. We're going to start with FAU baseball rounding out their final game of the regular season against Miami in a three to nothing victory. And with Adrian Reese picking up the win, FAU only allowed six hits and, and scored seven hits. And BJ Murray, once again, hitting a homer. This team, they keep doing this. It's, all, it's always the homers. And I absolutely love it. That's not a bad thing. But Richard, what did you see from that final game of the regular season that gives you kind of hope going into the uh, conference tournament? Well, uh, pretty simple. We shut out the Hurricanes. We didn't let them score any runs at all. And it's a good job by the pitching. Like everybody who pitched in that game, they, they they did their thing. And they were able to end the regular season on a good note. And now they got to prepare for their conference tournament. And their first matchup is against Old Dominion, who, like FAU, is very good offensively. So it will be crucial for the pitching to do similar to what they did against Miami in order to move forward into the tournament like and advance to later rounds. Yeah, and so... FAU enters the Conference USA tournament as the five seed. This is the lowest seed they've been in a good little minute. They're going to be facing Old Dominion on May 26th at 9 a.m. It's the first game of the Conference USA title uh, championship yeah. tournament. And Eston, looking at this Old Dominion team, FAU went one and three against this team, losing by scores of two to seven, three to ten, and two to eight. What chance do you think FAU has in not only defeating Old Dominion but possibly making a run and winning this tournament? I think considering that they just shut out UM um, I, I wouldn't say that obviously that we're favorites to beat Old Dominion and make a run but I, I, I would feel pretty confident in their ability to make a, a deep run. Um, they definitely have to limit the offense for Old Dominion um, because they, Effie really struggled against them all season, as you mentioned, JP. But I think these players will know that they have the, they certainly have the ability to beat ODU in this series and make a run consider, considering the teams that they defeated in the regular season and just beating UM. So um, I, I would say they need to get a good start, though. If they, if they find themselves down early, that that really could suffocate their chances um but hopefully the pitching continues to be lights out so um even if they win or lose they still face either charlotte or middle tennessee on thursday yep the day after they face old dominion so, yep, so it's a double elimination tournament they have they yeah. can lose a game but still have a shot at winning the conference usa title uh charlotte not charlotte old dominion comes in to the tournament what, having won seven of their last eight. So this is a team with a lot of momentum. I think FAU honestly has a really good shot at winning this, uh, not only the game against Old Dominion, but winning the Conference USA tournament. And I think their main reason is if this, if the pitching can continue to play like we saw against Miami, we know the hitters are going to stay 
they they can hit with anybody in the country. I'll put FAU squad. I'll put BJ Murray, Nolan Shaniel, uh, Mitch Hardigan. I'll put those guys up against any trio, any squad in college baseball, and I think I have a good shot. But the pitching is going to be the huge thing. If they can just limit the, if they can just limit the amount of runs, it doesn't even have to be like where they don't allow any hits at all. Just don't allow people to cross the plate. And at that point, you're asking your bats to take over, which FAU has shown the ability to do. They've shown the ability to have like those offensive explosions of games. And, you know, in baseball, the hot hand is real, especially when you're up at bat. You can ride a good hot streak throughout one, two, three, four, four games. And that that hot bat, those hot bats could lead you to a tournament win. So I think FAU has a very good shot, but this old Dominion team is nothing to be messed with. I think they have the best, they have, they're the best hitting team in the conference and they're, it's going to be a slugfest. I, I hope to see some fireworks, honestly. It should, it should be a fun one. But now we move on into uh, the world of sports, professional and college. And where I want to start is obviously the NBA playoffs. As we're recording this right now, there are NBA playoffs going on right now, kind of. And I kind of want to know what you guys' reaction to those first, to the game ones. And uh, Esten, I'll start with you. What team do you think is the most like in trouble based on their game one performance? The Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I mean, listen, I, I, I called it before. I know, I know it's just game one. All right. We haven't gone through the series yet. But my Lord, the Suns look good and the Lakers did not look good. I, I think the fact that it shows how much they miss Rondo this season um and not saying that players like not saying that a player like Dennis Schroeder isn't very good but you you really I mean you can see the difference in um in just the overall quality in the depth with the Lakers they they were really struggling the other day and now that I'm thinking about it both of the LA teams are down bad at the moment playoff P is back in prime form um just showing everyone why he is the most overrated playoff player in the league at the moment. Um, and uh, listen, Suns in six and uh, Mavs in six. Oh, and wow. Playoff P will, and playoff P will continue to play in typical playoff P form and not have a game where he shoots over 60%. Man, you know what sucks I was defending Paul George this season. He had a really good year. He had a great year. I thought this was going to be it, man. I thought the Clippers were going to – this was their moment to come out of the Western Conference. (laughs) Then Paul George went and did that. And I'm just like, man, I can't defend anybody now. I, And the thing with the Lakers is, outside of LeBron and Anthony Davis, you're counting on a bunch of dudes just trying to score. And you – that, that team requires LeBron and Anthony Davis to be playing like top five players. And we know LeBron can do that, but Anthony Davis has gotten pushed around 
a lot where he's just like settling for jumpers. And that's a lot of credit to DeAndre Ayton. Dude, absolutely bald game one. But and Devin Anthony Davis has got to pick it up. He needs to be that top five player that we all think he can be for them to actually have a chance at winning this series. Because if he's not either 100% or if he's settling for jumpers, the Suns are going to run them out the gym. But Richard, what team do you think is the most in trouble after game one? Uh, for the game one so far, I actually pretty much enjoyed all of them. Like they were great. They were they were pretty much a great way to start the postseason. And for a game that was very concerning was Miami uh, against the Bucks, and it is it was very weird to see the Miami struggle the way they did in game one, especially Bam and Jimmy, like Dragic and like Dragic was pretty much their best player in game one and Butler and Bam just struggled shooting the ball and they only lost by a few points in OT and that was very um, concerning on my end when it comes to Miami man I can't even talk about Miami right now the reason I said there are playoff games happening right now as we speak kind of is because the moment, as the moment that we're recording this, Miami and Milwaukee are playing game two. Well, actually, Milwaukee is playing game two. Miami has traveled back to South Beach. Nobody has shown up for the game. They are getting beat like they stole something. I don't know, man. This was an uncharacteristic performance by Miami. Bam Adebayo only has three rebounds. Oh, God. And you know Bam, you knew Bam was going to struggle, struggle against Milwaukee because what Milwaukee has is length on the interior. They have Giannis. They have Brooke Lopez. They have Bobby Portis, P.J. Tucker. They got yeah. guys who are physical. And Bam just doesn't – he just doesn't have it. And if Bam and Jimmy don't have it, then what are you going to do? if you're Miami and this is where they really needed Victor Oladipo or Kyle Lowry or maybe I don't know James Harden or Russell Westbrook remember when that was the thing remember when we had a chance to get in those guys man they honestly I really really want to see Russell Westbrook in a heat jersey those jersey sales would have skyrocketed but (laughs) I think the team for me that's the most in trouble is Utah Jazz by far they're, they went in playing a team who was coming off of playing two straight two games just to get into the playoffs. And I'm not going to say they got dog walked, but it did not look good for them. You know that whole live by the three, die by the three? Utah lived by the three in the regular season. They made the most three-pointers and attempted most three-pointers as a team in the NBA, but they were flat all game against – uh, Memphis and it really shows if you don't have a creator like a Donovan Mitchell who should be coming back for game two and that even that in itself is a whole kind of weird like situation because according to reports Donovan wanted to play in game one but the Jazz kept him out like the team didn't want him to play and then they got dog walked by John Morant and Dylan Brooks and now they're bringing them back. And I saw a report today from uh, a reporter who said an anonymous player on the Jazz think that uh, Donovan Mitchell's lost control of the team, where he's not 
they don't view him as the star anymore. It's Rudy Gobert. And to that, I reply, Rudy Gobert is that anonymous player. Because <laughs> I don't even think, I don't think a single person on the Jazz think Rudy Gobert is that star player. I promise you. Like, I don't I mean, think Rudy Gobert thinks he's like that. I'd be hesitant to listen to anything Brian Windhorst says about involving anything about the Jazz and especially about LeBron, but I don't, I don't really trust that report. Um, I just think the Jazz were just rusty in game one. Like, but, like, you know, there were Grizzlies who were pretty much coming off of the play in, they were battle tested, and the Jazz pretty much had a week of rest. And with that, without playing any games you pretty much had that rust and you were without your best player yes. Mitchell so getting Donovan Mitchell back will definitely help them throughout the rest of the series and I did expect the Grizzlies to take game one for that purpose yeah. I understand that but they had the best record in the league they had the they had the best record in the west I don't care if you're missing Donovan Mitchell who is their best player they should still have won that game Memphis was coming off of playing two hellacious games against San Antonio and then the barn burner against Golden State. I expected them to come in with their legs a little dead. And, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. was in foul trouble. Valanchunas played great when he wasn't in foul trouble. Memphis just has, Memphis just has the better guards. And once you get to where Donovan Mitchell's injured, that depth behind Donovan Mitchell at guard gets real thin because you got Clarkson, Royce O'Neal, and Joe Ingles. And then you get to George Niang. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm not sticking George Niang in front of John Morant or Dylan Brooks. I mean, yikes. It's, it's getting real bad. And another, another team who I feel is kind of on the ropes is Denver. And I think Denver misses Jamal Murray a lot. Yeah, they do. Because – And Melo went off they, on – They need scoring outside of uh, Jokic. And Damn. it really doesn't help that Damian Lillard just decided to go nuclear. I think he had like 39 and 13 in that win. And Melo had 18 off the bench. And Melo had 18 off the bench. And he had booze coming out of – coming on him the whole game, bro. See, I don't think you're going to get 18 a night from Melo throughout this whole series. But if it's but, against <laughs> But I think you're going to get that type of game from Damian Lillard every night because he is Damian Lillard. And if you don't have a guy who can guard Damian Lillard, like they had Faku Campazzo trying to guard Damian Lillard and thoughts and prayers, good luck with that. But they – they need something, and I, I don't know and, if they. And did did you see that clip where Michael where Michael Malone, uh, got triggered by the name Mike by the reporter? <laughs> hey man, I get it, I get it, I honestly do, because I know some people who like, like my real name is Joseph, I prefer to be called JP. Every time somebody says Joseph, it's kind of weird because I'm like, Joseph, who, who's that? It's JP. I kind of get that. I get it from Michael Malone's standpoint. But, you know, the Nuggets, they're really, I don't want to say they're down bad immediately, but it could get a little scary for them if they don't figure out what to do with Damian Lillard. And if I'm them, you can't let him beat you. You got to trap. You got to try and harass him. Get the ball out of his hands. Let, yeah. 
let CJ McCollum and Melo beat you. If Melo beats you at this age, more power to Melo. But I'm not I'm I'd rather I think there's more of a chance that Damian Lillard beats me than Carmelo Anthony beats me. So I'm gonna let Carmelo Anthony try and beat me. Um, another series I would like to talk about is the Nets and Celtics. I wonder if uh, all of us saw that. Uh, the big three of K- Kyrie, KD, and Harden playing together against a depleted Celtics team without... The big Tatum. one. The big one. Yeah, it's, it's just Tatum. Everybody Jason knows Tatum and a bunch of dudes. And Robert Williams. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. Can we talk about Robert Williams? Nine that blocks. man has been playing his butt off on defense. I think he had like nine blocks. Yeah, he one. Almost had a triple double. He almost had a triple double in points, rebounds, and blocks. That's yeah. amazing production. I think Robert Williams has grown a lot into his role. But I really just don't. That second half got ugly real fast. Yeah. And I think the first that's going to be the problem with Boston is they don't have enough firepower. If Kemba and Tatum are not shooting well, they're not going anywhere. And they weren't really going anywhere in the first place. I just, I'm just hoping for them to get a game. But that first half was very good, uh, especially on the defensive end. After that, the second half, it just fell apart. Especially yeah, but, not really contributing much until the very end of the game when it was too late to do anything. Yeah, man. It just sucks that they're playing the team that has two of the best three players in the conference on the same team. And then if you slow them down, then you have a wild Kyrie Irving who can just decide to drop 40 on you at any point in the game. So there's really, what, what can you do? But um, I want to talk about a couple of series. I don't think we touched on like where we talked about that deeply. I'm going to start with Knicks and Hawks for my money. That was the best game of the weekend. That was best game with game one of the playoffs. It was back and forth. It was physical. I think it's going seven. The Knicks have got, if it's not Julius Randle, then who? Because if Julius doesn't have it, then they're not going to win a lot of games. They need they need their they need RJ Barrett to kind of like you got twenty points in the fourth quarter from Alec Burks. I don't think Alec Burks is doing that to you, giving that to you every Consist- game in the series. They need they need their number two. They can expect the consistency from Derrick Rose off the bench. We know he can really provide a lot throughout the series, but it really just counts on the starters, especially Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett. It, it just really requires a lot and better three-point shooting because Reggie Bullock, who is one of their best three-point shooters, he was just ice cold. He couldn't make any threes, so it's important that he bounces back off, bounces back from that. I mean, the Knicks starters yesterday, they, they were taken out early on in the game for the, um, I think it was early in the second quarter, they really didn't have a lot of minutes early in the first half because they were just not playing well. Um, and I don't know if that's attributable to, you know, the, the lack of playoff experience. Um, but they, especially that, that first half, they were just not, they were not on the ball, on the ball at all. Um, they, the role players, like y'all been saying, really got to step up. Um, at least R.J. Barrett got a double-double, but, I mean, Derrick Rose, you'd like to see him, you know, make them more of a uh, uh, more of a threatening team on offense. Um, and guys like, I mean, Reggie Bullock's got to step up. Uh, Nerland's Noel, See, that's hello. That's the thing. Like, that's the thing. 
I really, really want to believe in this Knicks team. But when we say Reggie Bullock has to step up, and when we're counting so on well. Alec, Alan, not Alec, Alec Burks, we're counting on Nerlens Noel, we're counting on Julius Randle to be your star game in and game out in the playoffs. That's where I just don't think this Knicks team has it. They don't have that guy who can go get you a bucket. They don't have a Trey Young. That's really, that's really the difference. New York doesn't have a Trey Young. And talking about Atlanta a little bit, Trey Young had a masterpiece of a game. Even when the fans were cursing. <laughs> he had a masterpiece of a game. What he's realized is he's not Steph Curry, where he's not going, he needs to stop trying to shoot from half court 12 times a game. What he, where he's best at is in the pick and roll where he can drive, he can shoot off of that. He can lob it to Clint Capella. Clint Capella, I mean, who's having a career year in rebounding and points. And if I want to talk about one player for the uh, Hawks, it's DeAndre Hunter. And if DeAndre Hunter can develop into a guy who can get his own shot, like off the dribble, like he showed like flashes of in game one, then the Hawks not only can win this series, but in the future, we could be looking at a perennial contender. If they get Capella playing right, Trey Young continue to be Trey Young, DeAndre Hunter, and they do something with Cam Reddish, that's a contender of a team. But what game, like, what player do you think needs to step up the most for their team in game two? Not counting the games that are going on at this moment. What player do you think needs to step up the most? Richard, I'll start with you. The well, I do have a few players in mind. I, I would say Julius Randle uh, because he has to play better. Uh, he did not shoot very well, even though he had a few clutch moments against the Hawks in Game One. He just he just couldn't come through, and I did not. I was not a fan of that inbound pass to end the game at all. That was it's a terrible very, play call. Yeah, it was. Mm. It was one of the very. It's one of the very things I hate about sports games. Like when you have a a very hype game. It's just a one or two point game. Everything's down the line. You need a shot to either tie or win it all. And you do an inbound play like that. Yeah. Yeah. Give me something like, even if the shot misses, at least you had a shot. That pass, you had nothing from that. And you didn't even have enough time. I understand if it was like uh, four or five seconds left on the clock, but you only had one second. There was not enough time to even turn around and shoot. You needed to pop a three, either on the corner or on the wings. There was nothing from that inbound that could have produced from that. And I don't think the execution was there at all, really, because that play was designed for Julius Randle to get a clean look at a mid-range jumper. They just missed on the down screen. It was great defense by Atlanta. But at that point, I'm not looking to Julius Randle for a contested mid-range jumper to tie the game. I think you got to try and scheme up something different. If there's a player that I think needs to step up the most for their team in game two, for them to like have a chance, it's got to be Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. If they need him to be Anthony Davis, like the guy from the playoffs, but from the bubble playoffs last year, they need him to be the dominant two-way force that he's shown he can be. But right now he's settling a lot for jumpers. He's getting out physical for some reason, outside DeAndre Ayton playing phenomenally, 
And they need to start playing him as center, honestly, because Andre Drummond, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I never want to see Andre Drummond on the basketball court again. I, do, I never want to. have to small ball? Look, you know what they can do? You can put a lineup out there with uh, Caruso, KCP, LeBron, LeBron, I'd go Kuzma AD. To stretch out? Yeah. Just clear out the paint for AD. And the second, Montrezl Harrell. Yeah, you bring in Montrezl Harrell. But I just don't want to see Andre Drummond on the court anymore. (laughs) He he takes up space, man. It was getting to a point where they were attacking whoever was guarding Andre Drummond in pick and roll. It was just like there was a play where Devin Booker was calling for a pick and roll, and he was like, no, you, and pointed at guy Andre Drummond was guarding. You can't, What are you going to do at that point? So they need Anthony Davis to step up, and they need him to play the five. And that's exactly the legendary whoever offense. <laughs> it's whoever so-and-so is guarding, you go and let's go get a pick and roll. It's what the Cavs used in 2016. Whoever was guarding, Steph Curry was guarding, Pick and roll, switch. But Eston, what's one? Who's one player who you think needs to step up in their game too for them to get a win? Um. Well, you got me with AD. Um. And I would say LeBron, but eh, I don't want to be too basic. Um. Honestly, I would have said if we uh, were to record this earlier, I would have said Jimmy Butler, but eh. yeah, too late now. Um. You know. All my jokes aside, right, about playoff P. Seriously, though, I mean, at what point, besides when he was with the Pacers, is he going to make that jump? Because in my eyes, if the Clippers, if, if they do, if they do lose in this first round, a lot of it will probably fall on playoff P. See, I don't we know all if I know go, is Paul George. I don't know if I go straight to Paul George, though. In the fourth quarter of game one, Paul George had 10 points on four or seven shooting. You know how many points Kawhi had in the fourth quarter? He had four points on Ooh. one of four shooting. Mm. I, hey, I, I know you got on playoff P. At least Kawhi, Kawhi, got take, Kawhi got to take some of that blame, too. And yeah. neither of them guarded Luka. At least he had that one poster dunk on Max. Oh, Kong. yeah. I mean, what is Maxi Kleber doing? Again, we have said it on this show before. Make the business decision. What are you doing? You know good and well you cannot jump with Kawhi Leonard. And Maxi Kleber said after the game, like, you know, I do it every time. I'm not afraid of getting put on the poster. I don't care. (laughs) Think about the money. Think about the business. Man, you out here getting put on some kid's wallpaper. That's because you want to try and hustle. Get out the way. What were you, what was the plan there? You were gonna go and block him or you're gonna foul him? If you would have got dunked on and you fouled him, I, I would have just told you to keep on going. Just leave the court. Go put your shoes up, go take a shower, you done for the day. But I think they need to put Kawhi on Luka Doncic. Just say, you know what? Yes. I don't think Doncic cares whoever's on him. I don't think it really matters that much, but they need to start making him work for baskets. And I'm pretty sure he was locking Patrick Beverly. <laughs> he is. And I don't know. Look, Patrick Beverly trick, y'all, man. 
I don't think Patrick Beverly is that good of a defender. He's like he's, he's like just, those uh you know those beware of dog signs just they have, and then the dog is like a chihuahua. He's just active. Yeah, he's just active. I don't think he's good as a defender. He just hustles. Um, they need to put Kawhi on Luca. I'm not sure how much of a difference it's gonna make, but it would make Luca work for his baskets a lot more. He already went in the last season's post first round matchup. He are, if, he don't need to worry about Kawhi. If that if that sacrifices some of the offense, then you know what? Put Rondo in, have him initiate the offense. That's what you brought him in for. Yes, but they need they need Kawhi to be on Luca. Like no switching. You get a pick, don't switch. That's what that's what Kawhi does. That's what he's supposed to do, right? That's what we're that's what we're all assuming Kawhi Leonard is, right? He's their he's the defensive stopper. Am I correct? Like, correct me if I'm wrong here. He's supposed to be like one of the best defense players in the league, right? Then Tyron Lue should be a better coach. I mean, clearly they haven't improved from from Doc Rivers, who's also not going to do anything with the Sixers, mind you. Well, they're not they, making it out the of Sixers the Sixers have the number one seed. I'm not going to slander Doc Rivers right now like some people on this production. Hey, hey, he I I did he isn't as overrated as I thought he was before, but they're not making it out of the <laughs> You East. know that I realized we've we've gone like uh, the whole 40 minutes. We haven't even talked about Sixers Wizards, which I mean Hey, the, the Wizards sorry. had a pretty decent performance it was, though. It was close. And it wasn't so, until you realize that like they need to be better on defense or else it's over. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that their main engine for offense is like Russell Westbrook and Brad Beal. And, it was, and Philadelphia it, has it some – Philadelphia game. is deep at perimeter defense. They have Matisse <laughs> Tybal, They have Ben Simmons, Danny Green. Look, all you really have to do, put Tybal on uh, Brad Beal, put Ben Simmons on Russell Westbrook, and you're pretty much negating their entire offense like Davis Bertans sure sure go ahead well we'll assume Davis Bertans can get you across the finish line to even compete with Philly but as far as Philly goes like outside of this first round I don't know if they make it that far because I just don't think you can have a player with I don't think you can win the finals with a player on the court who refuses to shoot the ball (laughs) like Ben Simmons just refuses to shoot. And the only time he'll take a three is when it's the end of a quarter, but it never even hits the rim. It just hits the it just hits the backboard. And speaking of the backboard, Westbrook was hitting the backboard way too many times than he should be doing in game one. He was shooting the ball bad. Again, man, I think it's rust. Not rust, but kind of dead legs. Mm-hmm. They had to play two games. And you know. I think Philly breezes by this round, but and they probably will breeze by in the second round, depending on if they get the Hawks or the Knicks. I think they get I think they beat both teams. But if they have to see uh Milwaukee or, or Brooklyn, Brooklyn in the in the title, it's gonna get real scary because like as much as I say like Philly has enough great defenders on the perimeter. Sixers are pretty balanced, while the Nets are a top-heavy team. Yeah, but I just don't think, like, until we see a team, like, actively shut down 
Brooklyn's top three guys while they're all playing together, I'm going to think Brooklyn's yes. going to win. If you can if you can catch them on the day where maybe Durant is off, then like, yeah, you got a good chance of winning. But if Kevin Durant's on, he's probably the most unstoppable scorer in the NBA that's left in the playoffs. Just in terms of the fact that he can pull up from 40 or he can drive past you or he can hit the mid-race jumper. But I think the Sixers are in a really good spot because their, their side of the bracket shakes out well for them. I do have one more player that I think really needs to step up, and I think he would be – it would be huge for his team. And that player is Jay Cole. Because, <laughs> because listen, uh, the, it, can, can, can we just cut the hype for this guy real quick? I, I know I'm completely changing the topic here, but this man really finished a game with zero points, zero assists. But, it, hey, at least he got a steal and a block. So hey, he's man, better on he, defense. He living out his dream. I – I don't think J. Cole is that good at basketball. I'm just going to leave it at that. 35, 36. I'm just going to leave it at that. Hey, I mean, he's still playing pro basketball. That is still pretty cool. That is very cool. Yeah, that is cool. He could still still start for the heat, so. Okay, you know what? That that, that hurt. (laughs) It's too close to home. Listen, I, 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 I... Watching even even my mom when we were watching that game, she she was looking at me and she was saying, "I can make some of these shots. Like what are they heart, doing?" My soul, it was hurt by that. But and one more thing, one more thing. Even if LeBron and Chris Paul are playing against each other in a series, they're still best friends. Again, the um, bag, the bag. They are chasing the bag. Okay, let. Cameron Payne and Montrezl Harrell fight it out, bro. It no, it, it doesn't matter. Payne, but. <laughs> yeah, but Montrezl Harrell came over there like a strong safety and tried to tackle Campaign. Like I'm like, what are you doing, dude? You just big and run to people for no reason. But yeah, you know the bag. They they're chasing the bag. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about what happens on during fights. They got to stay healthy. Especially Chris Paul. I was so scared when he went down with that injury. But then he came back. And if he's healthy, then you know what? They got a real good chance of going deep in the playoffs. But that's going to do it for this episode of Nonstop Sports. Make sure to follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on Spotify, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Give us five stars. Leave us some reviews. If you don't give us five stars, you're going to make us very sad. You don't want to make some college students real sad. We are the future, and you don't want to make the future sad. So We're already <laughs> sad enough. We're already sad enough. <laughs> We've been in a pandemic, and we all just been sad. <laughs> but from sports editor Richard Pereira, photo editor Eston Parker, my name is Joseph Acosta, business manager at the FAU University Press. Wishing you a great rest of your day, great rest of your weekend.